0: you for coming and thanks Randy for inviting me and or us. Um, and yeah, I was super excited to have this talk with you Pedro. Um, Cuz yeah, I've seen your work quite for a long time, ever since I came to Bergen, you were part of the academy and uh, yeah. So I know you've been working a lot with uh, performance, with kinetic sculptures, with uh, yeah, quite romantic works, I think in the, yeah, in a very broad way. But then, with the press release for this show, there was Victor. And I think that was a very curious surprise, or the, the image that was basically yeah, something close to this. So that made me super curious and excited, so I was really happy to, to talk. And I think, like, um, yeah. I'm not sure if everyone has seen the work, and I think we'll mainly be talking about the exhibition in Entrée and uh, maybe some extended research about, uh, around it. Mm, but we'll try to break down a bit, uh, Yeah, what is shown in Entree, step by step, and yeah. Mm, but maybe let's just to start with, um, with Victor, I wanted to ask you, like as a character, uh, who is he? Like, what kind of... Um, what kind of character is Victor? Okay. Um,
1: all right. Hello, everyone. Maybe as a background, just for those who weren't there last night, um, when we're talking about Victor and we're talking about the, the piece, is, um, it's basically this what's been shown at Entree. It's a kind of a architectural construction that you can enter, and it's four cubicles or pods. Um, And inside, there's an iPad with headphones, and you put them on, you press play, and it um, has two parts. Um, A film that is 20 minutes uh, long, and a meditation tape, uh, as Victor would call it. It's called Victor's Meditation, which is five minutes long. Um, Yeah, and here's like a pretty uh, view of it. Um, Who is Victor? Victor. Victor's like uh, I, I think a lot of us can resonate with him. he's just someone living in the world the, the kind of world that we all share here with like devices that kind of make you feel very connected to different groups of people different individuals, uh, but at the same time you're quite removed from these from the world in general there's a addictive kind of undertones to the way he relates to these devices to the ideas he has for his own future which is something we all share like I want to do this and I want to do that and then you go online and it seems so possible but of course it's just you in your living room just imagining these situations so in many ways he's like um, he's one of these people right like any of us uh, he has a, a hobby That is to build uh, machines for sex. Um, And through this hobby, or rather through the dissatisfaction with uh, these machines and this hobby, he begins to sort of go on a journey that in fact I feel that several people, or many of us, are also kind of um, experiencing.
0: And that's kind of where the, uh, or the video, it's um, just as a kind of weigh uh, way in. The, the video is an interview between Victor and an interviewer mm. Mm, where Victor gives like a very close and personal look into his life, mm. I think. And um, like, I don't think there there is not like a clear context why Victor is being interviewed besides, uh, yeah that this life is incredibly interesting and exciting. and But yeah, the first the first way in almost, like after a little introduction is, uh, yeah, indeed uh, the sex, uh, sex device uh, hobby that he has. Mm.
1: Yeah, I, I actually, it, that's interesting, but when I was thinking about like, okay, why would someone interview this guy? I, I had this fantasy of, you know, like one of these vice or, or one of these kind of, uh, Actually, Vice has like um, not only a documentary, but also uh, there's a series of publications about these DIY sex machines, which is, has all the catchiness that kind of this hip culture would be into. Um, and I thought, okay, maybe one of these journalists wants to do a story about it, and does some pre preliminary research and asks people within the community, like ah, and they all talk about like this one guy who's like a little bit weird. And then uh, this interviewer goes to Victor and talks to him and then realizes that that in itself is a story and then just goes with that yep. instead of focusing on the, on the sex machines. So for me, that's, that was kind of like the, the background story for the journalistic, let's say, yep. um, angle. Mm.
0: And um, the subject of the sex toy making, uh, Victor describes it like slowly, like he describes what, why he's interested in it, how, how he takes part of it in a little uh, community called Busy Hands. <laughs> yes. Mm. Yes. And th- just how he describes it, it's a very practical uh, interest, I think. Very practical hobby, A very practical like, uh, community in a way. You mean he's
1: unapologetic about it, or,
0: or yeah, he's just very open? He's unap- uh, unapologetic, but like uh, especially, he talks about it in a very unsexual right. way, at least in the beginning, I think. And it's about it's about the techniques, it's about the possibilities, maybe of being able to do it yourself, which is something that also kind of happens today, like.
1: You, I mean, people kind of talk about like the dildos they have at home, and you know, kind of way that it's just like you just drop it and carry on. Mm-hmm. Like uh, a lot of these taboos, precisely because of there's so much kind of saturation of of stuff online, uh, it's become kind of part of everyday life. Internet dating itself was taboo, like just a few years ago, and like you wouldn't share that with people that you were that you had a profile there. It was embarrassing. And now people are like, yeah, I'm on Tinder while well, like having coffee with you or whatever, um, or or I just have a hookup on Grinder. I'll be right back, kind of thing. Um, uh, so he's, I imagine him being part of that world as well. Yeah, like uh, where technology or this kind of very nodal, networked culture also leads to this kind of like, yeah, of course it's okay to make machine sex,
0: uh, sex machines uh, at home. Why not? Mm. And he mentions that uh, this community, that they don't meet a lot, and it's mainly sharing online. And yeah. there are the, the YouTube videos. They're amazing. Are, they're that so that good. That they're sharing. I encourage
1: everyone to see them. Because they, uh, and all these people, they, they seem really, like they, they have so much time to make these videos. And they like make all these bombastic music. And like they always have like this very triumphant music behind them. Or they go into like very... A minute detail of the engineering behind the um, sex machines and they're like so clumsy and like awkward and yeah. uh, and the way they try to deal with you know an absence of someone to demonstrate it with <laughs> it's crazy like they use foam or fruit or like it's, it's a, or, or like these very clip
0: art graphics to
1: mm. indicate how you use them uh, yeah, they're
0: And this very open display of technique or like all the technique and uh, like it's just planks of wood and little engines all in the It's open. just something going around. Yeah, it's, it's super simple.
1: Nothing usually. is uncovered. And no. no, and a, and a complete uh, absence of awareness of what gives pleasure, I imagine. Um, I mean, these things obviously aren't fun to use. Like some of these are like really brutal or just like boring. To if I, if someone was to use them, um, so it also evidences that it's just about their kind of fantasy of like having this control over them, yeah. and is and I should say it's precisely this
0: kind of control that Victor begins to be a little bit bored with, because yeah. his main or like one of his closest sexual experiences that he talks about doesn't come from a sex toy at all. It co- like um, Oh yeah, maybe you can describe the scene a bit of uh, the theme park. The roller coaster. The, yeah. Uh, yeah. he's, he's uh,
1: waiting. Uh, like he has a, he goes to a, an amusement park. Very, and this is a little bit autobiographical actually, um, because I also I love roller coasters myself, and um, I go to this amusement park in, in Copenhagen very often, and I hang out there to read, but sometimes I go on the roller coaster to kind of reset. <laughs> And, um, and he likes this too, but he's a little bit scared of a roller coaster. And then he says, okay, I'm going to try it this time. And there's a long line, but he's like, okay, I'm just going to stand there. And then he starts playing his game that if the person collecting the ticket speaks to him, then uh, he's going to turn around and go. But if he doesn't speak to him, then he's going to go in and do it. So all this tension of like, am I going to go on it or not? And the excitement of it and... And the whole thing gave him so much uh, pleasure. And in fact, he did turn around and left, but he was like, just so exhilarated by it. And then he was also surprised, like, wow, I'm getting pleasure out of like this, what, something's going on. And then he starts getting creative with this, and then like, that journey begins. Mm.
0: And that's, I think, or in the film, it reads a bit like a starting point yes. Or a journey for him a journey where he's uh, experiencing like, alternative forms of pleasure, maybe alternative... Uh... There's
1: something interesting to me, because that somehow pleasure stops there also, or like the pleasure as we would understand it, and there's something that I'm... I mean, I'm still trying to figure out a lot about the work, uh, which is why these conversations are so useful, but uh, there's something about like a blur of when does the sex stop? When does it stop being about sex? Like, oh, when is it just like a satisfaction? Wasn't it just when, like, when is an exhilaration or like, a, let's say, a neurological peak? When is that sexual and when is it not? Which I think is also something you experience a lot with. I have actually a, a file, um, like, on dating sites, um, where is it? Like, on dating sites, when you get dating sites or Facebook, like, um, when is that about a person really connecting with you, and when is it just about the impulse of that, or like like uh, uh, something like grander that is very much about like hooking up, right, and having sex? Uh, and I've in I've talked to people who say that they just want the they just want the, the connection. And then they have to deal with the personal interaction as, almost as a price to pay just because they earn that buzz and that kind of little number on it. So uh, when, is it, when is it about just the interface itself being like the, the sexual object and the pleasurable agent and no longer the person and, and things just... Get so confused and I think Victor is very much in that confusion and yeah. he doesn't figure it out. Throughout the film, he
0: doesn't figure it out. No. But he seems also to live quite like a withdrawn life. I have the feeling that he's quite like uh he likes being at home, he likes to yeah, and like um yeah what you said in like this interview and Vice Documentary it reminded me a bit like about MTV Cribs. Yeah from like because he gives a little tour through his house and he's like Okay, this is my kitchen. I like to cook. This is my books. Uh, this is my music collection, and he, yeah, he talks a bit about the kind of his withdrawn private life and. Uh, mm. Yeah, I think this. Yeah, there's a, a sense of loneliness comes comes through there. I think, or at least like uh, solitude, maybe. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. absolutely but I mean he's uh, yeah he's a loner but he's and he's alienated and he but he doesn't also I mean which also happens
0: yeah.
1: to us I mean I don't know if it happens to everyone but it happens to me like oh shit I haven't talked to someone in five days or yeah. Uh, yeah. and you because you've been kind of so in touch with other things and things are happening and mm-hmm. you just don't realize that you're so alienated and
0: mm-hmm. he, I don't think he does either no mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, one thing that he talks about when showing around his house is like his um, his behavior in watching television, for example, mm. and uh, where he takes a kind of different approach. That instead of watching uh, normal television or watching uh, series or stuff, he likes to he enjoys something that's called uh, zero views. Mm. Mm. It's yeah. it's an amazing yeah. app.
1: Uh, that it it actually does exist, and he talks about it um, as well in the film, that it takes all the, there's so many videos that are uploaded to YouTube, and there's a lot of those that just get no views at all. That they just get like um, automatically uploaded, or that they just go up in their shit and no one sees them. Um, So it picks them up, and it goes from one to the next to the next randomly, just all the ones that have no views. Um, and there's a cult it, it's part of a culture of apps and kind of resources also for randomizing content, because there's so much out there, so it's just making different kind of logics and different stories out of the saturation
0: of uh, of stuff mm. and bringing a kind of sympathy to the say underdogs of videos maybe or like uh, I th- yeah or I think: yeah,
1: it, there's but. a pathos in there, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure, and that's part of kind of the enjoyment. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the, it feels like a, it feels like, it feels like miraculous when you're seeing it. There's something really beautiful about it. In his case, though, it's also just the random randomness of it. Because I think there's uh, the, what uh, drives this character is also this dissatisfaction with the world, or, uh, or pleasure, or enjoyment, or the world in general being so much about controlling or being controlled, which is something that happens with fetishes. It was actually something that was hard to research for the piece, because I was like, okay, I want to go into like modes of sexual pleasure and uh, the way people react to sexuality, but then it goes very quickly to fetishes. But fetish is very much about controlling or being controlled, or power play and these things. Um, and I really wanted to see, like, how, is, is there any way of escaping this logic? Uh, like an interruption that really doesn't have to do with that equation. And that's eventually how I got to sleep, or the, the, these uh, questions led to sleep. Yeah. Um, because then it's more about, uh, yes, of course you're controlling, and he is also trying to control the state where he's both asleep and not asleep. But, um, but his uh, leap is begins to be like that kind of frontier where that is possible to just like have no control and just drift and be, be taken around and be moved, yeah.
0: I think it's so beautiful how it really shows, I think, in the, in the scene where he talks about his music uh, preferences and how like, he shows his whole uh, LP collection. He has a huge LP collection, but he's rejecting it. He is rejecting the idea of choosing an album, in a way, and to, or choosing a certain artist, but he's very much drawn to another app, again, which plays kind of random uh, compositions, like a kind of like dreamy digital uh, soundtrack that is changing continuously and just is endless, I guess. And um, the scene in the movie you see him play. I don't know if you have I image, it. Yeah. But there's this scene in the movie where the app is playing, and you see uh, Victor, yeah, reflected in the in in the vast um, yeah, universe of this app, uh, yeah, losing himself. I think slowly, and this randomness is just opening up for him, and uh, yeah, and then the subject of the. Yeah, uncontrolled. His wish for the uncontrolled, I think, really comes out, and yeah, he starts to bring up the subject of sleep. Uh...
1: Yeah, and these, I mean, also there's a, an increasing number of these apps that are about random music, random images, randomizing, and um, and DIY also that you trigger. It's not about you controlling and you having like the whole agency of it. But it's more about you just set them in motion, and then you kind of viewing it, and you you step back, or you are immersed in a different way. Um.
0: And in this um, in this pleasure, I think of losing control and uh, yeah, and finding this border of being asleep or being awake, like yeah, or controlling your sleep. Uh, mm-hmm. Victor describes again this pleasure of uh, the sexual pleasure. Where, or where the power comes to sexual pleasure, and that's then something he wants to there's, explore.
1: There's an interesting reference I, to yeah. that, actually, um, and it's this practice of, of, let me see if I remember, erotokomatos lucidity. Um, that is this practice uh, whereby someone is um, aroused to a point of exhaustion, and uh, the objective is to have someone like be very turned on, but not uh, ever like reaching orgasm and not ever falling asleep either. So it's kind of like a very vampirical thing. Like, it's like you're losing your energy, um, but you're not losing your consciousness, but you're really kind of, you reach certain moments where you're right in that kind of balance um, and, the, and, and it's part of like this a very mystical uh, practice. It's very ritualized and it's uh, called uh, sexual magic, in fact, and it's supposed to open like spiritual portals. Um, and when I looked into this, I was like, oh, okay, man, then there, there, there's something there. Uh, uh, for sure that, has th- that is about being in that space of like losing it and also being aware of it at the same time and then I thought maybe Victor without knowing that reference he could like maybe end up there
0: using pills and stuff because mm. it's really an exploration for him like uh, we as the viewer are like taking along on this uh, uh, yeah, try out in a way mm.
1: Yeah, because also, like, the whole thing with sleep is interesting, because um, I also spoke to, you know, as part of the research, I was speaking to people in different ways, like something very, sometimes very officially, like, all right, what are your fetishes, you know, with all my friends and stuff, but also just, like, uh, finding people from communities and stuff. And there is also this sleep fetish, which, I, which is quite interesting. And I actually spoke to one person who has this sleep um, fetish, but he wouldn't call it a fetish, uh, in which, which I thought was so beautiful. He looks for people to be asleep or drugged or really drunk. Um, uh, and then to a point where they're pre- almost unconscious, for him to take care of them. And that's the, that's the, the fetish. But to keep, what, to keep them in that state. Yeah, yeah. yeah, to take care of them in that state. But I was like, yeah, of course you want to have just someone lying there so you can like, you know, whatever, do, you know, like almost like a, like a, like a dead body fetish or something. Or like a power thing. But it's not that at all. This guy says, No, it's because I have so much nervous energy myself that when I am with someone like in this state, it neutralizes me. Yeah. So, in fact, it is the person who's like passed out who's in power at the moment. I'm me, I'm the one who is vulnerable to that. Yeah. And that blew me away. I thought it was so beautiful. Um, like uh, that search and how like that inverted
0: that and how is the experience then for the sleeping but world? I
1: don't know but it, that's why like in the hallucination of, of, of this I was like uh, I was like okay so it's not just about like you're losing it and and, and, and and like entering this power play but like at one point Victor is feeling moved for him it's like he's feeling moved and that feels safe and random um He doesn't feel dominated, he doesn't feel... And there's something comfortable, there's an exchange, and that opens what, in my interpretation of the piece, is kind of the crux that has to do with actual human interaction as the ultimate interruption. Like, touch as the ultimate um, break in the control, break in the cyclical rhythms, break in the, you know, in the... Uh, let's say circles of st- stimulus. Mm. What do you mean with the touch, like uh, human, like physical yeah, touch? Physical because that's also a, he. What I find, like this is my interpretation of the film. There's uh, others, but um, he's so alienated, and his he keeps searching in ways that make him even more alienated. But he thinks he wants randomness, so he's looking f- formally for randomness. Mm. So more and more craziness, and then more pills, and then more going away, and he's more into that. And ironically, through that hallucination of randomness, he discovers touch. And then at the end of the film, He says, and then sleep, he calls it sleep, but it's like a physical presence that comes and touches him and holds him and grabs him. And then in the hallucination before, he said, I'm feeling moved, I'm being moved. And he thinks of, I actually have a shot of this. Um, It's all these vehicles. Like he's being carried. And I thought, okay, maybe he's aiming, and he's aiming to this moment of unaware discovery that it is, touch, because of course it when you're confronted to someone else to another physical kind of entity, and you enter that moment of touch, that is the ultimate interruption and break you know, yeah. you and you lose control to a point, and then you have to negotiate a whole series of things that have nothing to do with your own agency yeah. mm-hmm. um, uh, but he doesn't know that, even though it's very present in his fantasy and he melts into it, and in the end that's his kind of... Um, yeah, La- and that's where it right. floats out yeah. in a way into. A yeah, that's uh, that's how I uh, interpreted it because I, I should say that I made the, the, the film without the script. Like I started without knowing where it would end somehow, so very much like the the research and the making of the film became part of the experience of researching and researching it and thinking about it. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't a prescriptive kind of uh, script. Um, of it and at one point there had to be that decision okay so like where
0: is he going where is like the ultimate interruption for him really yeah, um, yeah. And, and since there is no real conclusion in the in the film I think it's so nice how um, the only kind of uh, gesture to the solution comes through the soundtrack in a way because mm, uh, but there, even though there's no actual order between uh, the film and the soundtrack, mm-hmm. which is a, a meditation session by Victor, uh, the roles are turning totally. There suddenly Victor is a, a meditation guide. Yeah. He takes uh, he takes you somewhere. He becomes the the guru in a way. Mm, and. I don't know. For me, I experienced the film first, and the meditation session after, which like uh, created an order that Victor really understood or learned, like uh, um, yeah, or just to un- to understand like where this uh, journey is going, or like what what the benefits are, or like where yeah. He, Mm. But I, I wanted the, the, the meditation
1: also to be very confused, because I wanted Victor to be like, okay, I'm gonna make a meditation tape, so you know, you get all this like breathe and then go in and the voice and a little bit this ASMR uh, kind of culture of like the whispering and the sounds of the spit yeah, Maybe in your you can mouth. explain the sorry. ASMR. It's a, it's a, like a subculture of YouTube. It's it's very big that is about like. Um, Uh, they use very sophisticated recording uh, microphones, but it's mostly about, like, using a voice that is, like, whispery, and um, it's a lot about how you hear the spit, and also about, like, not trying to do it. So people will, like, show you, you know, like, this is a phone, and then they talk about the phone, but they're doing it so that you kind of get the satisfaction out of the sound and out of, like... The sound of the fingernails on the surfaces and things like that, um, or the or or it's like a like a facial spa kind of thing, and then they do it to the camera and everything. It and lasts very long, and before you know it, you're like, <laughs> you're really into it. It's like, um, it's delicious, yeah. and these people are pros. and the, And the great thing about it is that I find it that they're not really going. They're not like saying like, okay, I'm going to relax you with these sounds. They're just like, no, welcome to the spa. I'm going to clean your face and I'm going to like do this to you and stuff. And they do it in a way that, of course, these byproducts kind of come in and it's amazing. and uh, Or they're unwrapping stuff and um, and they use very good microphones and stuff. So um, the meditation is a little bit like that. Victor's like, okay, this exists. And for him it's about that, but he's like... But I instead of like you, you know meditation is very much about letting things run through you. So you, when, you, when you meditate you kind of try to be detached of thoughts that come into your mind. And Victor's like, no, but I want to make a meditation where like the thoughts come in and like, and they go crazy in your mind. So he says like, what if you put your hand and you have this physical sensation of bodies dancing around your fingers and each of these impulses travels up your arm and into your brain and starts becoming a thought, and then so he thinks it's going to be a confusion, but I'm thinking at the same time that for him it's like he's touching people. Also, he's like there's something about like this fantasy of like being able to have your hand and like involved in all these others, other bodies, um, but he just stays with again with the formal idea of like just distracting, of confusing or saturating uh, the mind so that it, you wouldn't have control of it. Yeah,
0: I wonder if it's almost. Uh necessary or like whenever i listen to this uh, meditation tape like i had it at home to <laughs> l- like to uh, to prepare for for this and it's really really relaxing <laughs> i think and i wonder if then the message is even yeah i don't know uh important or no l- but you, I mean, I for- or you mean what to i'm to saying about the
1: about it being mm. uh like about it being confused. Yeah, I don't know if it's the experience, um, but like... Uh, me, totally. Like yeah. I didn't... No, I I don't know if this experience of like being, thinking many things and being saturated what, what uh, the object of it uh, was, but the impulse for sure wasn't to just follow like a conventional meditation where it's about yeah. clearing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was more about... Yeah, but it's a failed thing. It's also... I mean, he's also just trying these things out. He like doesn't know how to take sleeping pills. He doesn't know how to make any of these there's like a, a strong a very strong amateur diy thing throughout the whole project
0: right even the way he's made himself yeah. and that's maybe a nice point to kind of yeah, step out of the film and think about you oh. like because i definitely love like the the look of victor and like uh like your presence in the film is there like uh, and but it's also uh crafty in a way, I think. Or there's a good sense of trying from your <laughs> like yeah, like sympathetic way of trying. Uh from your hand, I think that resonates so strong with the Victor's attempts also, maybe. Mm. I mean there's a strong,
1: there's a strong autobiographical element in the whole project, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, okay, I don't make sex machines and all this stuff, but, uh, but it is my house and I do think a lot about time, like through, like all my research has to do with uh, with commenting on like cycles and repetitions and rhythmic kind of conditions that surround us. so I was, I was very aware that if, I'm, if I was going to be this character of the puppeteer, that then this puppet would have to have this uh, psychoanalytical urgency almost. So he would have to be something that you like, fuck, I, like something's coming out, and you just you just put something together, put, give it two eyes, and then speak mm-hmm. for me, kind of thing. Um, so, it couldn't be very elaborate. It couldn't be like something that you again prescribe and plan and build and ta ta ta, elegance. No, it like has to be done quickly and it just comes out. And it's monstrous and endearing and awkward, like a truth, let's say, um, or like an inner kind of truth. Uh, So, so yes, I did tests and stuff, but um, when uh, when he came out, it came out of that place of urgency, let's say, of psychoanalytic (laughs) urgency, Mm. and that's what gives him, I guess, maybe that character as well, somehow. Yeah, and the fact that he lives in my house and, and that it is me who's a puppeteer and playing the... That uh, character as well, and it is my roller coaster, my favorite roller coaster in Copenhagen, yeah. <laughs> and, and all these things. Yeah, and I think a lot of the footage
0: is like, yeah, straight from your camera, and it, it's all done with like the phone, without intention to be in the film. It Always. was like a whole, almost like a whole year of of
1: having Victor sitting inside my head, and like, uh, and, and where could these images come from? Yeah, mm. yeah, for sure.
0: Uh, and for the, for the audience, for the audience, you build a very specific, um, yeah, kind of architectural structure for the works to be experienced in. Mm. This has
1: been super interesting to talk to people. I, I'm actually very happy with the conversations we've had yesterday and since, uh, because of course there's a very practical aspect to it. Like, uh, it's nice to have a space where it's very public but also very private. I thought about, uh, in reference to that, I thought about, you know, like airplane pods where like, of course you're very much outside, but you're also, it's just the architecture just gives you that sense where you're alone and you actually buy it and you go with it, uh, and you get that sensation, and it's very economical in that sense. Um, but also like peep shows, you know, and even like um, these sort of work booths where you're like, you're surrounded, but you're also private somehow, or you get this impression of privacy. And I wanted to try that and work with the, the space of entry best as possible. Um, so then that shape came out of it. It's actually almost the simplest possible way to do it. Mm. Um, but then it is also a gallery, so then it kind of becomes this sculptural presence in it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and as kind of like a presence that you have to enter and and navigate, and so there's uh, there's something there uh, that is not necessarily within the logics of, the, of what the film is proposing, yeah. let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, but more about like that sensation. So I'm, I'm starting to think like, sure, maybe the film can work also as part of a screening. Um, although I like this thing of, ca- of holding, of course, you know, the iPad.
0: Yeah, you know. there's this very like
1: someone, di- direct link between the... Someone said once that it was like the whole film is like the, the dream of the iPad, of the device. Yeah. Because it's also like a puppet, it's like a thing that is animated, that you hold and that thinks it's autonomous. Mm. Um, And that almost imagines itself as an autonomous being and then you're just kind of holding it like that. And it also fantasizes with that moment of touch.